Next, on the 5 o'clock report. You can't feel the pain and sorrow of what it is. I mean, that's ridiculous. You don't get to use violence. There's disingenuousness here. Never seen anything like this before. It's amazing. Now, let's go to the newsroom. Guilty. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. Another chapter written in the painful saga of the Topps supermarket murders. Today, the suspect in the racially motivated slaying pleads guilty to all state charges, including murder and hate crimes. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown. The world knew that this mass murderer was guilty because he live-streamed it for all to see. Mark is the son of Geraldine Talley, one of the 10 victims. Until you actually see somebody with an illegally modified semi-automatic rifle pointing at people and just shooting them, you can't feel the pain and sorrow of what it is. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump is representing family members of the people killed in the May attack. We stay here proclaiming, praying, and demanding that he get the most harsh sentence that anybody can get for these heinous acts of violence. The next chapter in the case will be the disposition of federal charges, which could potentially carry the death penalty with a conviction or guilty plea. The unrest keeps growing in China. Tens of thousands protesting in various cities upset with restrictive COVID protocols. The protests are by far the biggest challenge yet to Xi Jinping's zero COVID policy, which has battered the economy and locked down hundreds of millions of people. CBS's Elizabeth Palmer. Dr. Anthony Fauci is urging officials investigating the origins of COVID-19 in China to keep politics out of it. It is very clear when people are running their campaigns with an anti-Fauci element to it. I mean, that's ridiculous. Appearing on CBS's Face the Nation, the outgoing White House chief medical advisor said that while he's keeping an open mind, he also believes there's strong evidence to indicate the virus evolved naturally. He says open dialogue is crucial. Is the Department of Justice skipping on due diligence when it comes to the attacks on pro-life pregnancy care centers? Earlier this month, FBI Director Christopher Wray defended his agency. I don't care whether you're motivated by pro-life views or pro-choice views, you don't get to use violence to express it. Some, though, say the timing of the response is suspect. There's disingenuousness here, and it comes after the midterm elections. Jim Harden heads up Compass Care Pregnancy Centers. Their Amherst facility was firebombed and vandalized in June. It's naive to think that the largest law enforcement agency on the globe, with the best forensic technology known to man, does not know who's perpetrating these crimes. Since the high court's ruling to overturn Roe v. Wade, more than 60 pregnancy care centers have been attacked. The world's largest active volcano is ir- Erupting. Mauna Loa on Hawaii's Big Island started erupting around 11.30 p.m. local time Sunday night. Ken Han with the U.S. Geological Survey says so far it doesn't look too bad. If it does go into one of the rift zones, it's going to impact a very small area of the island. It will be spectacular where it is, but the chances of it really interrupting the visitor industry very, very slim. It's the first time that volcano has erupted in nearly 40 years. Stormy weather in store for a good chunk of the U.S. early this week, and the Weather Channel's Jim Cantore says some of it could be dangerous. We're talking about many areas uh, in Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, up in western Tennessee, where our Torcon numbers are sitting already at 7. That's a 7 out of 10 chance, all right? Very high confidence of a tornado there in the Mississippi Delta. Meteorologist Kevin Williams will have our outlook just ahead. Never seen anything like this before. It's amazing. 
you know, that they're, they're okay. The power's back on and the plane's on the ground. Now the investigation continues as to why a small plane wound up striking high-voltage power lines in Gaithersburg, Maryland, then getting stuck there. We seen the flash of light from the bedroom window, and I thought it was lightning at first, and then it just hurt the power, and then we came out here and seen the plane. Miraculously, neither of the two in the plane was electrocuted, though they did suffer significant trauma injuries. The rescue took hours. Power lost to almost 120,000 people. Doing a little Christmas shopping in your jammies this afternoon? Eric Mestasoff of Adobe Analytics says Cyber Monday is a big deal for a lot of folks, especially if you're shopping for a computer. Cyber Monday is going to be the best sale day of the entire season. For Cyber Monday, we're expecting discounts as high as 32% on computers. So if you're looking to get a computer, Today is the day. American retailers expecting to clear a collective $11 billion today. By the way, if you're shipping some Christmas gifts, the Postal Service has some deadlines. If you want to get it there by Christmas Eve, for regular ground service, it's December 17th, Priority Mail December 19th, Priority Mail Express December 23rd. Listen up if your kids are at that baby bottle sippy cup stage. Green Sprouts has recalled more than 10,000 bottles and cups for toddlers. The Asheville, North Carolina-based company has learned that children could be exposed to material containing lead if the base breaks off. There have been seven reports of that happening, according to the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. CBS's Jim Crusula. Well, as if a U.S.-Iran soccer match needed any additional hype, a flag flap has done just that. CBS's Roxana Subieri. The U.S. Soccer Federation briefly posted social media images of Iran's flag without the emblem of the Islamic Republic of Iran at its center. The emblem is the word Allah, or God, in stylized script, added to Iran's flag after the 1979 Islamic Revolution. A spokesperson for the U.S. Soccer Federation explained the modified flag was meant to show support for women's rights. It was meant to be a moment. All the other representations of the flag remain consistent. The U.S. plays Iran tomorrow and needs a win to advance. And Burns suffered in a garage accident. Apparently haven't dulled comedian Jay Leno's sense of humor. Back on stage just two weeks after suffering significant facial burns, he was making wisecracks on his way into a comedy club. National Choir I got the story all wrong. They said I was in the hospital because Nancy Pelosi hit me in the head with a hammer. That's not what happened. <laughs> no, we got two shows tonight, regular and extra crispy. Oh, thank you. I never thought of myself as a roast comic. Hey, thank you. Thank you tonight. The 72-year-old Leno played to a packed house. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, a Buffalo teen facing manslaughter charges in a vehicle crash, Governor Hochul cracking down on cryptocurrency mining in New York, and the Keystone State may hold the key to fighting off a flu pandemic. I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Our call for tonight, cloudiness, a little starlight, a couple of stray flurries in spots, low temperatures ranging Generally within a few degrees of 30. For tomorrow, some sunshine, high temperatures in the 40s. On Wednesday, cloudy, breezy, and milder with rain. High in the 50s, but temperatures drop Wednesday afternoon across western New York and northwest Pennsylvania, allowing the rain to mix with some wet snow over the higher elevations by the end of the day. All right, thank you, Kevin. Now checking the stories making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. A Buffalo teen facing four counts of manslaughter for a fatal crash last month in a stolen vehicle. Erie County District Attorney John Flynn says there's a lot riding on the outcome of the pre-trial hearing. The possibilities for this kid are family court with very minimum sentencing options, stays with me in adult court and gets youthful offender status, or number three is stays with me in adult court and does not get youthful offender status and is sentenced as an adult.
16-year-old Julian Armstead currently free without bail, though he does have to wear an ankle bracelet and obey a curfew. Buffalo police releasing the name of a city employee who lost his life during snow removal efforts in the city. Officials say 67-year-old Michael Muscarella died this past Wednesday after being hit by a high lift on McKinley Parkway. Syracuse police say an 11-year-old boy is expected to make a full recovery after being shot in the city over the weekend. The young victim hit by gunfire on West Onondaga Street Saturday night brought to Upstate University Hospital to be treated for wounds to his chest and arm. Governor Hochul has signed legislation placing a two-year moratorium on some forms of cryptocurrency mining in New York. A hot topic in the Finger Lakes when one such miner fired up an old fossil fuel plant to power the energy-hungry computers that are needed for the so-called mining effort. Liz Moran from Earth Justice tells WIVT. These mega computers are running 24-7 to compete amongst one one another to solve complex algorithms. Whichever computer has solved the algorithm has done the work, so to speak, and they get to win the currency. That's ultimately why proof-of-work crypto mining is so energy-consumptive. Finger Lakes Area State Senator Rachel May says the environmental concerns surrounding crypto mining are significant. Hundreds and hundreds of small businesses that wrote in opposition to the cryptocurrency mining efforts on Seneca Lake because it takes so much water and returns it to the lake warmer, which makes it more likely to have harmful algal blooms. It kills the trout that that spawn there, and it has the potential of harming things like the wine growing industries. On the other side of the crypto coin, the State Business Council has written the governor to protest that blanket edict, saying the state shouldn't be categorically limiting the growth of any business sector. Christmas trees, like everything else, getting more expensive. Doesn't matter whether it's a plastic one or the real deal. Jay Guy sells trees for the Boy Scouts in Rochester. Uh, we increased them slightly, but only to take you know, to, to reflect the increased costs that we had to pay for the trees. The national average for a real Christmas tree this year, 86 bucks. The artificial variety will likely run you a Benjamin and change. Now to Pennsylvania, Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick says failure is not an option when it comes to the threat of a national rail strike. Congress will not let the strike happen, that's for sure. Uh, It would be devastating to our economy, so we'll we'll get to a resolution one way or another. Appearing on Fox News Sunday, the Pennsylvania Republican explained that a strike would come with a $2 billion daily cost. We cannot have uh, our transportation system responsible for one-third of our products being transported throughout our country uh, shut down. That's not an option. Fitzpatrick says the rail union demands are reasonable despite the negotiating gridlock. A Pittsburgh area school district says it will not adhere to any state law that prohibits the teaching of critical race theory. Republican-backed legislation in Harrisburg describes CRT as inherently racist and dangerous. Cornell University law professor William Jacobson explains what CRT espouses exactly. Current discrimination is justified to remedy past discrimination and future discrimination is justified to remedy current discrimination. Jacobson says critical race theory is catching on at colleges nationwide. He started a website, criticalrace.org, to track how fast it's spreading and where. What our database has turned into over time is more than a parent tool. It's really a documentation of, in many ways, the demise of higher education under this ideology, which has a quasi-religious fervor to it. Jacobson says the tenets of critical race theory are now mandatory curriculum in 58 of the country's top 100 medical schools. 
The Keystone State may hold the key to warding off a future flu pandemic. Scientists at the University of Pennsylvania tested a vaccine made from all known influenza subtypes using the same mRNA technology as the Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccines. The study shows the vaccine triggers a quick memory immune response that can adapt to new viral strains. CBS's Michael George. Well, tonight the Pittsburgh Steelers will try to make a generally bleak season a little less so as they visit Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Monday Night Football. It's been no picnic for the four-win Colts either. Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett says he's feeling a little better with each week. I'm feeling better and better each week. Um, obviously, the more you play in the system, the more comfortable you get. So I, I like the way I'm progressing and where I'm headed. Um, you know, we just got some some small things to, you know, clean up. Kickoff, 8.15 p.m. Things went much better for Pennsylvania's other football team last night as the Eagles held off the Packers to move to 10-1 and for only the fifth time in team history. They won NFL championships after similar starts in 1949 and 2000. 2017. And the little town of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, will be part of Hallmark Channel's Countdown to Christmas tradition. The Bethlehem Chamber of Commerce announcing that Hallmark will run a live stream of the Christmas City on its website. The EarthCam camera being set to face south from Walden Main Street. The live stream will run each day from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. through December 30th. All right, your nightly market report is up next, brought to you by Ambassador Advisors. Wall Street sharply lower to start the week. Stocks fell on China protest jitters and renewed concerns about interest rates. Speaking to Market Watch, St. Louis Federal Reserve President James Bullard said he believes rates need to be above 5% into 2024 in order to control inflation. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 497 points to 33.849. The S&P 500 fell 62 points to 39.64. And the Nasdaq dropped 176 points to 11.049. Ambassador Advisors, a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more. Details are available at ambassadoradvisors.com. This is the 5 o'clock report on Family Life. Over time, good habits yield great results. Bad habits have results too. Hi, I'm Rob West with today's Money Wise Minute. Writing at the website Humble Dollar, financial planner Luke Smith notes that one weightlifting workout won't make you strong, but compounded over time, you can get to a level of fitness and strength you would have never thought possible. Conversely, eating one donut won't make you unhealthy, but eating lots of them probably will. The cumulative effect of regular weightlifting and donut eating are examples of compounding. The longer and more regularly you do something, the greater the impact. That's certainly true with money. Spending less than you earn over a long period of time and saving and investing the rest will yield remarkable results in the long run. Manage your finances wisely with the easy-to-use MoneyWise app. Download MoneyWise Biblical Finance from your app store or learn more at moneywise.org. Coming up on the 5 o'clock report, a mutt who's stuck around longer than any other. We're mutts, but there's no animal that's more faithful, that's more loyal, more lovable than the mutt. Hi, I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life Regional Weather Forecast. We have a chilly night ahead tonight. And a little sunshine and some cool weather due tomorrow. The next weather maker will be low pressure that'll bring us some wind and rain on Wednesday. Our call for tonight, some cloudiness, a little starlight, a couple of stray flurries in spots, low temperatures ranging generally within a few degrees of 30. For tomorrow, some sunshine, high temperatures in the 40s. On Wednesday, cloudy, breezy, and milder with rain, high in the 50s, but Temperatures drop Wednesday afternoon across western New York and northwest Pennsylvania, allowing the rain to mix with some wet snow over the higher elevations by the end of the day. Thank you very much, Kevin Williams. And finally at 5... 
Okay, who brought the dog? His name isn't Gozer, it's Gino, and he's now officially the world's oldest living dog. The 22-year-old rescue, born September 2000, he was adopted a couple of years later by then-college student Alex Wold from a shelter in Colorado. Not long after that, they headed west to California, and Gino apparently found the West Coast lifestyle quite agreeable. His owner, who's now 40, credits Gino's longevity to a healthy, balanced diet, good vet care, and his own canine joie de vivre. He says the... 16-pounder has BDE, or big dog energy, although maybe not quite as much as he used to. After all, he's well over 100 now in people years. Gino succeeds the more recent title holders, Pebbles, a chihuahua who passed away last month, and another chihuahua named Toby Keith. We raise a symbolic red solo cup to them all. That's the world we live in for Monday, November 28, 2022. Thank you again for joining us. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News.